What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. For the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50. 40. To the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. That's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's hey, intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello out there, all you Buccaneer fans, and welcome to my podcast, which I do all by myself. And you're really good at it because Wait, who's that? you do double voices. <laughs> I even talked to... To both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's how you have friends. You talk to yourself. But it's amazing to be able to do both voices at, voices at the same time. Ah, it's a trick. All right, I was lying. That's you, you'd be on uh, Ted Mack Amateur Hour. I'm only one dog. <laughs> Our title gives us away. Salty dogs. I have oh, no idea what you're talking out about. Don't you remember? Don't you remember the, the old Ted Mack Amateur Hour? Is this from like the '60s? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, real old. I only lived through nine months of the '60s. Did the you? last nine. You don't watch Nickelodeon or anything like no. that? No. No. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. So we're the Salty Dogs. I'm we Scott are, Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And uh, Jeff, we are, well, I, I guess my, the way I would say it is, I am breathing a big sigh of relief. Why? After that game. Oh, yes. Not to say. See, I'm in that 12-hour mode. I'm like a coach. I celebrate the victory. Yeah, I'm but done. we have to talk I, about it. Yes, we do. And there's a lot to talk so, about. So we didn't try to shy away from the importance of this game beforehand, nor, no, did, uh, nor did the no, coaches or players. No. I, I think I even described why it was the most important of the remaining four games. You did, mainly because we do not want them to have an opportunity to go head-to-head in a wild card. Yeah, and they would have passed us. Actually, right now, we would be out of the playoff picture. We would be, we'd be the eighth seed if we'd lost Crazy, isn't it? One game changes it so changed. much at this time of year. It was um, – I'm not saying I'm a sigh of relief like, oh, I thought we were going to lose and then we won. Just that I knew how important that game was. And anybody – anything could happen. The Vikings mm-hmm. could have won that game. And then I was just thinking about how it wouldn't be bleak, but it would be just every week would be so much more tense. Well, you're, you're also coming off a two-game losing streak. You had a bye week, right. and you feel like this is a game. If you, you should win this game. You have four left. This, you have, this is the one you should go. Well, no, we needed this one specifically because it was Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm just saying, it's not, it, it wasn't the kill-all kill-all if, they, if well, you didn't get it. But here's what it did do. Before that game, the Buccaneers knew – that if they won all four of their remaining games, they would definitely be in. Mm-hmm. And then we thought if we won three, we'd probably be in. Now, because of what has happened, the Bucks only have to win two of their final three, and they will definitely be in no matter what anybody else does. Did you know that? Mm, I do now. Well, I got the standings printed out here just to make uh-huh. sure I didn't say something wrong. So here's the point, Jeff. We're eight and five. Yeah. Atlanta, great. Detroit, Atlanta. Win two of those and you're 10 and 6. There are uh, Okay, so one of the playoff spots is going to go to a team without 10 wins because it's going to be the NFC East yeah. champion. Yeah. Um, and the best any of those could be is 9 and 7. But then there are only six other teams, including the Buccaneers, that can get to 10 wins. So that's the seven top teams. If you get to 10... Uh, you should be there. Minnesota can't catch you. Chicago can't catch you. Detroit, of course, are... San Francisco, none of them can catch you. Yep. So two out of the last three, Jeff. I said get three out of three. Oh, I know. Just, just. 
Well, I mean, in like a, good football. If you win all three of them and, and finish eleven and five, first of all, eleven and five feels pretty good. It like feels That's the same record we had in nineteen ninety nine, and we thought that was a very very good team. It was a good team. Um, yeah, they went all the way to within like two minutes of the Super Bowl. Bird Emanuel. But um, eleven and five would feel great. It's just it may not it may not change anything mm-hmm. because the, the the Rams in Seattle they're both playing well. I mean, as of well, last interesting week, enough, was, and they're, they're nine and four. Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to really look at the schedule real quick. But I think they play each other again. Yeah, they do. They play each other, and also and Arizona is in there. Arizona too. plays the Rams, so, so they're, they're going to be beating each other up. Well, they might. They might, but what if the Rams win both of those games? That's actually what we want. Sure, because then they take – Let them run away yeah. with the division. We don't well, care who wins the division. Well, I mean, we don't well, care about we, – we'd rather them win the division so we don't have to worry about them as a tiebreaker. Correct. Since they beat us and we don't play Seattle. And the first thing it would come down to is, I believe, conference record. And right now, Seattle has one better than us in the conference record. So we're going to need some help to even move up from six to five, even if we sweep. And the, well, let's see. If it ended right now, we would be what going to Green, six eight. Yeah, we'd be going to Green Bay. Is no, that? Uh, no, they're they got the bye right now. We'd oh. be going to the Rams. Oh, well. because the the two through seven seeds would match New Orleans with Arizona, hmm. the Rams with us, and Washington with Seattle. You know, I say that, but then after I said it, I hate that because where would hap- what would happen if it ended today? Well, it's not ending today, <laughs> so it's. But this is a reasonable picture yeah. snapshot of, where of what at. the standings could be. And if you look at that Polaroid snapshot you gave us, you would find out that we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I like it. I feel good. And, and we, I mean, I know you want to claim every single team in the league is fantastic and every game is the hardest game ever, but we are playing two games against a 4-9 team and one game against a, what is Detroit? They're 5-8. and eight. <clears throat> They've already yeah. fired their head coach. Right. Their quarterback is now dealing with. Well, Ribs. you're you're absolutely right when you say that. You're absolutely right. However, I am going to point out that the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> happened to beat the New Orleans Saints, know, who crazy. happened to take us out twice. Yes, they beat them. They beat them starting a guy making his first start at quarterback. Too. Yes, and so you say to me, well, I'm just saying at this time of year, you you can play the spoiler, but in yes, Phil- which if, Atlanta will really want to do. Yeah, and Philadelphia's case, though. They're still in the they hunt. They got a for, shot. They got a shot at winning the division. They got a shot. They're four, eight, and one. So they're they're a game and a half out, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think they play each other again. They're, it's kind of like what well, we they're are. Usually, but usually, either way, you know, you have a division matchup in week seven. But, but that was, you know, that was that was a good game. I mean, that's that I know. Was but here's what you're doing. Performance. Here's what you're doing, Jeff, and it's called um, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. You have a theory, and you are only recognizing the evidence that you see. That supports your theory because, yes, Philadelphia beat New Orleans, but most of the time this year mm-hmm. when a team that was clearly better than the other team, the, the better team In won. In theory. Not all the time. Yeah. Pittsburgh lost to what? Um, they lost Do you to, think we're a better team than uh, Chicago? Yes. 100% yes, and that's still the game that bugs me because we should have won that game. Even not playing particularly well, we should have well, won that game. Well, that's why I'm saying. This is all I'm saying is I totally understand. I know, but you're only bringing it. Let's go through the, every week of the schedule mm-hmm. and see which ones fit into, oh, anybody can beat anybody, and which ones fit into, usually the better team wins. Mm-hmm. Is Green Bay better than us? Probably. But again, that's all you're doing. I'm just you're asking. You're doing the same thing. You have said to me, look at the schedule. I have. You're not I've, looking at the schedule. You're just remembering games that fit into your theory. I'm remembering games that we played. Okay. 
Okay. We're better than the Chargers. We beat the Chargers. We're we better did. than the Broncos. We beat the Broncos. Mm-hmm. We're better than the Panthers. We beat the Panthers twice. But that's why you play the game. I understand I'm that. I'm and saying. yes, you're correct. We sh- we should. The Bucks will be favored in each of the last three games. Let's put it that way. And, oh, yeah. Sure. So, that's good. But if you don't show up, you're not going to win. Would you rather have two games left against Atlanta, one against Detroit, or two games left against New Orleans and one against Kansas City? Well, of course. Well, then you're admitting my point. Okay. Okay, moving on. However, that being said, you just don't know. So, um, I guess Rojo got pins put in his pinky today. Mm. You think he'll play Sunday? Yeah, I think he will. I think he will, too. I don't – you know what? I did not – which hand was it? Do you know? I think it was his left. Is – I can't picture if he commonly carries with one arm or another. I believe, I believe uh, Bruce I Arians like... made the comment that it was his left, and it was kind of like the way Godwin. Uh, Godwin did it when he went down. Oh, is it the same yeah, thing he did? Yeah, okay. that type of action. That makes sense. So it's Apparently it happened pretty early, and he played all through the end. Mm-hmm. His two best runs were right at the end of the game. Tough guy. <clears throat> all right, so did you know? Probably that... not. Okay, so do you realize we only had the ball for 20 minutes and 57 seconds? I did know that. Did you know that's the least amount of time of possession the Buccaneers have ever had in a win? I did not know that. Because generally when you're out T.O.P. 2-1, you're not winning. Mm. But we did. And it was a weird game. And and often that, if, if if you are winning with a low time of possession, it's because you're getting like pick sixes. So their offense is out there for a while. You get a pick six, and then their offense is out there for a while again. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen either. Mm. There was there was technically one turnover in that game. I always thought that was kind of dumb. If you force a fumble on fourth down, on a, a fourth down play that didn't get the first down, but you force a fumble and recover it, it's a turnover? Because even if they recover it, you get the ball. Right. I don't think that should count as a turnover. I'm glad we are giving credit for one. But I, I will say I agree with you on that one. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any. You didn't. It doesn't matter. You didn't do any. I mean, you did, but it doesn't really. If they count. had gotten the first down and then fumbled, yeah. that'd be different. Yeah. So, in that game, that what I'm getting to with that is, early on, it was another one of these games we've had recently where early on it sure doesn't look good, right? Uh, no. They we had a, we couldn't tackle. We couldn't get uh, Dalvin Cook on the ground at first contact. The the yards after contact that that entire team manufactured in that game was incredible. I think we missed something like 14 That's tackles. That's what Bruce says, yeah. yeah. Sometimes they're missed tackles, and sometimes they're a guy yeah. making a good move, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I get the point. We were not – there, and, and to be fair, Dalvin Cook is one of the best in the league, and the numbers oh, yeah. support it at yards good. after contact. Yeah. And so he was doing to us what he's been doing to everybody else, and he was the first 100-yard rusher we've given up since Seattle last year. Yeah. Um, but it didn't feel good because they had the long drive, and then I think Shaq got the big third down sack, and they, they punted. Um, so they didn't get anything out of that one. And then we went three and out, and then they had another long drive that took up the rest of the first quarter, and they scored early in the second quarter to go up 6 nothing. At this point, we've had five plays, so I guess it wasn't a three and out. We got a first down. We've had five plays in the game, right? <laughs> yes. And you're like, these we can't, we can't slow six out. But here's what happened. But it's yeah. only 6 to nothing. Well, yeah, I know, exactly. That's... And because they kept missing field goals, and because we kept making big third-down plays, like another Shaq sack and Carlton Davis' uh, – I'm pointing where it happened because we're at yep. the stadium. His third down, that really acrobatic third down pass breakup at the last second, great play. It was an excellent play. Um, all of a sudden, we get the lead. And now this grinded-out offense that, that is all Minnesota could do on that day, which was so advantageous when they were in control of the game, is working against him. Uh-huh. We get up 17-6 and then 23-6 by scoring a touchdown in the, to start the second half. And then they did score a touchdown on their next drive, but it took eight and a half minutes. 
They needed three scores, and it took them eight and a half minutes it, to get one of them. It's funny you were saying that because I made the comment at this pace. They, they, they didn't not, have time. There's, yeah. They, I believe in the third quarter, and I don't have a uh, um, sheet on me today, uh, I but I believe in the third quarter – each team only had the ball once. Is that right? Close to it. That makes it, sense yeah. because if our first drive took at least five and a, six and a half minutes, then. Yeah, it was, it was, I remember thinking. It was close at least. Yeah, very close. It was one of those, if if Minnesota got the ball again, it was at the very tail end of the third quarter. Well, if you're it, leading, was, it was kind of like, what is going on? If you're leading by 11 and you, um, after, after half, and each team gets one touchdown drive in the in the third quarter. That's to your favor, obviously, because mm-hmm. even although they ended up picking up two points because we missed our extra point and they went for two, so it wasn't quite even. <clears throat> but you get the point. And then another drive. I think it was the one that got first and goal at the nine. I'm pointing again, like this is helpful to the listeners. <laughs> it's helpful to me. And then the Winfield sack, and the Shack sack, and another missed field goal. That was also like a seven and a half minute drive that scored nothing. So there they. Probably because of the style of defense that we were playing, because they do have some big play receivers, they could not hit big plays. The tight ends got a few, but otherwise they could not hit big plays. And even though Dalvin Cook was getting extra yards, he wasn't getting 25 yard carries. You know, he was getting nine where you should get three, and that sucked. But it wasn't; it, it, they couldn't score quickly mm-hmm. at all. And I guess I give Todd Bowles credit for that because um, they they just simply could not hit big plays. Yeah. Both those Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are big play receivers, totally, and. One of them had along a long of 17 and one of them along a long of 15, and they had like 78 yards between them. That's great. And defense played really well. Really, really well. Other than the tackling. Uh, yeah, other than tackling, I, I uh, six sacks. You gotta, the pass rush was awesome. Yeah, you got to get excited about that. Uh, I think it's I think it's interesting. The last two games, Shaq's been on the right side and has really done well. So uh, B.A. made the comment that when you're hot, you stay with it, yeah, so right. I think he's going to be on the right side They've again. been basically letting Shaq and JPP decide, mm-hmm. and they moved Shaq two games ago because they really liked the matchup against that particular left tackle. Um, and then I guess they stuck with it, and it's working. Those guys are great now. And not only do you get six sacks, but I, I'm going to go off the top of my head, but three of them were on third down Well, both sacks, of Shaq's and were. And then a fourth down JPP's sack. was on fourth. Both of Shaq's were on third, and I think Patrick O'Connor's was on how about that? Third, his first sack ever. We had him on, on the salty him dogs. Him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was kind of a grinder. You know, after we had talked to him, we both looked at each other and said he's kind of like that, you know, lunch pal kind of guy. Oh, for sure. Just keep pushing away. Originally a late round draft pick of I think Detroit. And he made a comment about I asked him about being on the practice squad and what do you need yeah. to do? And he said you got to treat it like yeah. you're going to go. You're going to go. And well, he's taking opportunities. Well, the, what what he got, what did it for him? And he was smart and a lot of a lot of young players realize this they don't need me to tell them but you got to really put everything you got into special teams if you get a shot there was a there was a, two games ago and I think it was Greg Allman of uh, the athletic who pointed it out so I'm giving him credit because I didn't notice but he played like every play on special teams you mm-hmm. don't normally do that because that means you're, you're only you're Greg, on only Greg Allman would know <laughs> yeah. about that he would notice it yes yeah so you're on that means you're even on field goal and extra point which there's not a lot of defensive <laughs> guys on that it's usually just basically your offense your offensive line with a couple extra linemen in there, maybe a tight end or something, and a snapper and a holder and a kicker. So to be on every – so he's covering, he's blocking for kicks, he's on all of them. And, and now in that game it, it clearly looked like we were rotating in Nelson, Anthony Nelson, Patrick O'Connor, and uh, – uh, 
uh, I guess those two guys, a lot more than we normally do early and often. We were, we were doing more of a rotation, I guess, to try to keep these guys fresh. And it worked. They were very fresh at the end of the game. And you had guys that were coming in and were delivering. So That's it true. wasn't like you're saying, well, okay, we got to give a guy a blow. We're going to go ahead and, and, and you know, we're going to chance it here. Yeah. I mean, he didn't change calling the defense at all, depending on who was in there. So the Bucks started slow on offense. Um, and there was a couple missed throws. Yeah. I, but look what's happening. You, sometimes you don't you don't you don't finish a game you finish a game and you don't think that wasn't one of our best efforts. No. But when you look back at it, however, the stats show some pretty telling things, and that's why I think Bruce Arians was so clearly happy about his team's performance. He said, "I thought we played great. Other than the tackling, I thought we played great." And on offense, it was one of his best quotes of the year. You know, he's, he's people have been throwing that identity question at him. Yeah. But by the way, do you remember when they did that to Green Bay last year? Every week, Green Bay's offense doesn't have an identity. Well, how about they score a ton of points and win almost every game? Is that a good enough identity hey, for you? you go. What did I tell you? What did I tell you last week? <laughs> so <laughs> more points than that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so now we're getting all those same questions uh-huh. week after week. Do you have an identity? Do you have an identity? And Bruce is like, we can do a lot of things. And so after that game, he goes, somebody was asking me about our identity. Look at this game. We can do anything we want. He had a damn in there. Yeah. We can do, we can, we can do any damn thing we any want. Damn we thing can we throw want. the ball. We it. can run the ball. <laughs> we can throw it deep. We can throw it short. Yeah, and we did. We can do 12 personnel, which we can do 11 personnel. Um, I'm going to take a, a slight digression here before I get back to my point okay. on that. A slight digression. There's a certain uh, sports NFL coverage website um, that – it just seems so intent on writing stories about how much Antonio Brown is playing every game. And so, oh, Antonio Brown's playing time skyrockets. And then after this one, the article was Antonio Brown's playing time plummets against Vikings. But it didn't. It didn't. I mean, by the, this is what's called looking at the numbers and not understanding the context. So against Kansas city, Brown played like 72% of the offensive snaps. And the reason for that is, first of all, if you look at the snap patterns since we got him, he is clearly our number three receiver. He's after Mike and Chris play almost every snap. Yeah. And then the next guy by far is Antonio Brown. What that should tell you, if you understand football, is that he's the third receiver in the 11 personnel. Okay. 11 personnel is three receivers, one back, one tight end. 12 personnel is one back, two receivers, two tight ends. Okay. The Buccaneers have gone back and forth in games this year. Like Carolina, we ran a lot of 12 and ran the ball, ball really well. Kansas City, you're losing by a bunch. We ran a lot of 11. In Las Vegas, where we were just passing the ball great, we ran a lot of 11. So if you're using a lot of 11, your third receiver, which is Antonio Brown, is going to get a lot more snaps. In Kansas City, he played 72% of the snaps because we were – or something like that – because we were in 11 – like 72% of the time Mm -hmm. against Minnesota. We were only in 11 personnel about 55% of the time. And we only had like 40, 40, 48 play, 49 plays. And we ran like seven more times than we threw. We only threw 23 times in the whole game. We used more 12 personnel. There were fewer 11 personnel snaps. So Antonio Brown had fewer snaps because we weren't using his package. Plummeted. plummeted. But his playing time plummeted, which must have something to do with the incentives that are built into his contract for amount of playing time. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's that's definitely an answer, and not just the simple fact that he's the third receiver in our 11 package, so his playing time is going to be dependent upon how much we use 11. And I'll say this about playing time. 
doesn't mean anything unless you do something. Well, Scotty it. Miller did it. That's, you were going to say that? that? I brought you right to it. Five plays, yep. one touchdown. It doesn't matter. You can count how many plays you have. It's when you go in there, you make it happen. And uh, he did. That was an, that was one okay. fantastic I have another catch. point there, but I'm not going to bring it up because um, because one of our questions from our fans speaks oh, okay. directly to it, so I'll save it for that. All right. All right, so that was my digression. Okay. Okay, coming back to what I was talking about, yards per pass play – allowed against that Minnesota offense, which came in with one of the best numbers in the league in yards. They didn't throw it a ton. Mm-mm. They were one of the big, most rush-heavy teams in the league, but when they did throw it, they got a lot of yards per play, and, and Kirk Cousins, 8.5 yards per pass attempt was second in the league, only to Deshaun Watson. Throwing a lot of numbers at you today, but I'm just trying to make my point. Yeah, I'm like, not trying to dive too deep in it. I'll say this. I'm glad you're drinking a Diet Coke, because <laughs> if you were drinking a regular Coke, you'd well, really got, be hyped today. it got caffeine in it. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't drink that stuff, so I don't know. I should probably drink less Diet Coke. Okay. Um, but so, they're good. And, you know, and, and, and I don't drink diet stuff, I should say. I drink regular Coke, but not I don't diet drink Coke. it for the fact that it's Diet Coke. I just like the taste of it better than... Uh, see it? I can't okay. drink regular Coke anymore. No. It's too sweet for me. Oh, I love it. So, we only allowed 4.0 yards per pass play uh-huh. to them, and only like 6.0 yards per pass attempt. Pass play factors in sacks, which is why, because that's 52 yards off of it. That's the second lowest we've allowed to any team in the league this year. The other one was Green Bay, which was that crazy game where we absolutely. So that's two very good passing attacks that the Buccaneers have essentially dominated. And you look back and you go, well, yeah, I guess we did kind of. Because once they had to throw the ball more, it was over. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody's talking about that game about missing field goals and an extra point. And wow. That was was important. It's very, very important. It's very, very important. But I also look at the fact that when we started out, when the Buccaneers started out, there were open receivers, and Tom Brady was throwing over them or high, or right. he wasn't hitting he them. He missed like two or three He early. missed them. The play was there to be made, That's the right. execution. And, and it's I'm not dogging Tom no, Brady right now. No, he ended up now. with a good day. And, yes, and even he said, I need to start faster yeah. uh, when a game starts. There, there are plays that I need to make. That's th- right. that's on me. I need to make that. I uh and so that's the game of football. It's, it's the execution. I mean, we all go back and dissect it and say, well, if this didn't happen, that didn't happen. But fact of the matter is it, 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 there were opportunities to blow that game open, and it didn't happen. Yeah, and there's also, that also points out how luck is involved because when you badly overthrow some throws is when you get those bad luck just ball goes right to a safety. And I think I Dave Moore but it didn't in this period. Yeah, Dave Moore made an interesting comment and and that was the, in the beginning and Dave Dave thought Tom kind of hurried his throws. Okay. And and sometimes you do that when you think your line's not going to hold. You'll you'll Oh, okay. Okay. But after a, a series, he's, he seemed to realize that his line was holding up, re- was good, gave him yeah. the protection, and that was able, gave him the ability to hold the ball longer. Which he did on the Scotty Miller play. There you go. And delivered a perfect throw. And that's Well, it. I like when you bring up the stuff Dave says because lots of times my analysis is just looking back at the numbers, uh-huh. but he gives you that football insight of why yeah, guys and we were talking, and we were, ta- and we were talking about it during the breaks. Uh, what we think is missing and what we need to key on and how we think something's going to change. But, but in that aspect, you do understand that, you know, uh, players sometimes just, but do do or don't execute. And and the thing is for the last two games, 
Tom Brady hasn't been hit with a sack. No, he had one in the Kansas City game. He had exactly well, one it, sack. I thought it was two games now that they went. No? Well, they, we've had a total of five games this year where he hasn't been sacked. Right. But he got sacked once in each of the three previous games before this one. He didn't get sacked during the bye week. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Go with that. <laughs> I thought so, it was the last two You're making games. good. No, it's not. I, I, look at these, I look at these numbers Okay, all the time. I'll go with you. He's only been sacked five times in the last four games. That's really good. So that's pretty strong. And not, and not hit very often. Either. Right. He was only hit three times in this game. Yeah. So they only averaged 4.0 yards per pass play, which, which is way down for them. Meanwhile, even with those missed ones, like the missed one to Gronk, mm-hmm. we still averaged 8.5 yards per pass play, which is our highest of the year. Would you have looked at that game and thought no. that was the best no. in terms of efficiency that our, that our passing game has ever been? But no. they were because – he hit, he hit a number of pretty good downfield shots, and after missing a couple early, he was, he was pretty consistent the rest of the game, Tom Brady was, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, don't forget that you, know, you kind of go, oh, well, you know, Minnesota wasn't. You know, Minnesota's on a hot streak. They won five or six. They've been winning games. They were coming together. And their, their raw defensive numbers um, didn't look as good as they normally do. They came in ranked maybe like 24th. But that's yards, and, and coaches don't give a crap about yards. Mm. No, but where they were doing excellently, and and I knew I'd, I'd seen this in the numbers, and then Bruce also talked about it before the game and also after the game, is they were doing great in situational football. They were doing they were like third best in, in third downs on defense and like third best in red zone on defense. So they give up the yards, but when it counted, when the plays really counted, they were doing a great job, and that's why our guys thought Minnesota had a really good defense coming in here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're missing a lot of the names you'd expect. They don't have Daniel Hunter. They don't have um, Everson Griffin. They don't have Linval Joseph. They don't have Mackenzie Alexander and Xavier Rhodes and all those corners. They they don't have a lot of the names you're used to seeing uh, in Minnesota. And they got a bunch of young guys playing. And they were without Eric Hendricks there. And they're already out without Anthony Barr. So I'm kind of making opposite yeah. argument for the opposite that they're right. Doing. But their defense was doing pretty good. But they did have have Cook in there. So and we were uh, we but we as Coach pointed out after the game, he, yeah, I think he even said we kicked their butts in the red zone. And we did. I mean, they got six points. They didn't make it into the red zone all of those they times. Were playing, they were playing a great game between the 20s. Yeah. They played a great game between the 20s. If you, if you, were, if you watched that game up until the 20-yard line and then turned around, you were saying, wow, that's a really strong team. <laughs> because they, they would get there and they were, gotten, got, had, were taken out of field goal range once, had to end up having a, a long field goal, which was missed. Um, you know they didn't want to try that last field goal. I mean, no. they, they went for yeah. – they scored. <laughs> I know. And went for two. They, they, they went for it on fourth down repeatedly instead of trying to field goal. And it worked. And, they, and then they went for two after they scored. And, and uh, some of these people were like, I'm not sure they're going to try to kick again the rest of this and, game. And, but then they got down here to first and goal at the eight or nine. And the Winfield sack and force fumble and the Shaq sack pushed them all the way back to 28. So do you, do you want to go fourth and 28? Or do you want to try? Or do you want to say, okay, we'll try a forty-six yard field goal, which most NFL kickers would make, and which our kicker would normally make. But no, he just was. He couldn't do anything that day. No. But you know they didn't really want to do. I that. wonder if he missed the bus. <laughs> he was wide right of the door. Yeah. That was. That you know what? The only reason why we can chuckle about that stuff is because we've lived it. We've lived through. We've lived it. So I, I, I'm. You know, it's a facet of the game. You don't think much of it until Plus, it's not happening. I'm pretty sure Dan Bailey isn't going to hear this podcast because I would feel bad about it if he was. 
I'm not trying to. to I, let me tell you Bailey. what. If Dan Bailey is listening to this podcast, then he's probably hearing some of the nicest things said about him. <laughs> because in Minnesota right now, they're not real well, fond. Well, it what's, wasn't what's too developed. long ago that Dan Bailey was in the top five or ten. In they terms just of signed him to percentage. an extension. Yeah. They signed him to so an he, extension. He had one bad day. Sure. And it was good for us that he did. And what what's, what sucks for him is he had one bad day in and probably the most beautiful 78-degree yeah. sunny weather. And he wasn't miss, – he missed on – he missed on – that's supposedly the, the bad goalpost, yeah. but it wasn't even windy. He uh, missed like three times down here. But interesting – but I will say this. It, um, there's something about this stadium. Uh, the special teams guys came over on Friday when I was here, yeah, and they, they were kicking – they were – yeah, they, they were kicking field goals uh, – Right to the one that always I we think they hate. do that every week to the south. That's the South Plaza. So uh, to the South Plaza, um, South Plaza is where we have our little treasure chest. Yeah, it's where you and Casey do our are, halftime right. and pregame yeah. show. I was doing the halftime show, and um, you know we we scored a bunch of points at the end to go up seventeen six. And I was talking about on the jumbotron. I was talking about how um, the Buccaneers had made big third down plays and, and blah blah blah. And two Vikings fans were standing fairly close by, and they started yelling at me, it's our kicker. It's our kicker. That's why you're winning. It's our kicker. And I'm like, you're hey, not totally wrong. Right. I didn't say this on the uh, air. But you're not totally wrong. Hey, you have to love that. You have to love that. When <laughs> they were they, laughing, though. Yeah, they they're having a good time. They sure. Yeah. Sure, they weren't, they weren't freezing. They were all sunburned, having a great time. Yeah, they probably were loving it. Yeah, it was a uh, – all in all, I thought it was a um, – it's what we needed as a as an organization, mm-hmm. and I think as a team. I think should be very confident. It, yeah. Um, interesting fact, though, is Tom Brady has not lost three games in a row since like his first year. Yeah. Which, holy smokes! Which, can you imagine? Hell, I've That'd I've lived great. through ten straight losses. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> so I mean, we have done that. Just think, just 2011, think, right? Just think about that. Well, you know, John McCain and a bunch of people lived through 26 in a row. Wow. Can you imagine that? <laughs> wow. Jeez. That's it's, it. It's it, hard to get And that to took two years to do. Almost two years. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Uh, um, but. Uh, so, another thing we didn't have in that game was any turnovers. We, we no turnovers. Nope. And we are now seven. So, we technically had the, won the turnover ratio because of the J, fourth down JPP play. Yeah. So, technically, we won it. We are, we're seven and zero when we win the turnover ratio this year. I have to win it, not tie it. Mm-hmm. Like Kansas City, we tied the turnover ratio in that game. Seven and zero when we win the turnover ratio. That's what we need down the stretch. I was just going to say it doesn't feel like yeah. we've been getting a lot of them lately. Defense is playing good for the most part. Did against Minnesota, mm-hmm. and in the second halves against Kansas City. And Minnesota, well, I think too. You know, I what I liked was uh, after the game. Uh, Guys were happy that they won, but they weren't. It wasn't like that over the top that we won. Yeah, although, yeah, okay, it wasn't over the top, but I think fans would be surprised that no matter the situation or the opponent, how hyped up guys are running into the locker room after a win. I mean, they're screaming and hollering. Remember when we hadn't won a game yet? I think it was 2014, mm-hmm. Jason Light's first year here, and uh, we won in Pittsburgh. So we're like 1 4 or something. But yeah. They went nuts. Well, you get the monkey off your back, so to speak. But every game, every game. It's like in, it's like in baseball. Every time somebody hits a walk-off hit, 
they act like they just won the World Series. Yeah. It just, it's but just that is an exciting event. Yeah, yeah that's exciting. an exciting event. That just event. shows you how yeah. much they pour into every single one of these games. Well, yeah, you work you work all week right. and, you know, you want you, the payoff. and you know, theirs is an opportunity and they all know it. They, you know, the Levante Davids of the world, nine years, never been to the oh, playoffs. Yeah. They're, they're, they're seeing that this is what happens. This, this is you're playing meaningful football in December and – We've had opportunities, and I say we as an organization, the Buccaneers have had the opportunity to play meaningful games in December, and then and didn't and then did not play well in December. Yeah, I mean, even our the end of our season last year kind of meant a little bit. Sure. And then we lost our last two games to Houston and Atlanta. I mean, they were they were both very close. We didn't play terrible. No. Turnovers killed us. Yes. Yeah. Right back to it, but. Um, yeah, I, I like you know in the beginning of the podcast we were talking about the the um, schedule and I do like to get you cranked up. So I will say yes, I am very excited about the the next well, uh, three games. Look at so Tom Brady now has thirty touchdown passes. He only needs what two more? Three to three. tie Jameis from last year. Four touchdown passes in three games doesn't sound too hard to me. No. So he'll probably break that record. Uh, so okay, that could happen. Uh, so last Sunday. year, so he's got thir- and his eleven interceptions are higher probably than what we thought he would have. I mean, it's not, I would say I would have guessed well, higher than his norm, right? Yeah, it's a little higher than his norm. There's just been a couple couple games where there's a little bit of flurry of them, right? Mm-hmm. But but still, look at the difference. And, and Bruce Arians said after last year that the difference in that season between seven and nine and being in playoff contention is the turnovers. He thought we had a good enough team. Now we have a quarterback who's throwing the same amount of touchdowns as our previous quarterback. Mm-hmm. And even though 11 interceptions is probably more than you would have expected, it's a heck of a lot less than last year. And there's the difference between 7 and 9 and probably 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. What, what I'm looking forward to this Sunday's game is I'm looking to see if, if it builds on, on this pass game. You know, it, does the defense keep playing as well? as it? Yeah, it is a keep – stack them up. But, yeah. but, but not only getting the win – but how you get to win is it is it improving each week? Is it are you feeling more confident in in the way things are going? Um, I personally I don't think there's a game that we're out of. You know I think there were, well there was the one that was the New Orleans game. But but I think we can cha- we can run with, with with most teams. And when you start getting into the playoffs, then it's who's the best team on that day. And uh, I like to see the 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 team you know, go up and in, into Atlanta. Um, you're playing guys that, you know, uh, B.A. made a comment that uh, Raheem Morris, as we all know, is the head coach here. But he was uh, been with Atlanta for a long time. He's been on both sides of the ball. He's been with players that really like him. You and I both know Raheem, and he is very infectious with his uh, – um, Don't use that word this year. Yeah, I'm sorry. With enthusiasm. Yeah, with his enthusiasm. Positivity. With positivity, with his uh, let's go get it done. Um, Dirk Cutters, their offensive coordinator. We've had Dirk as our head coach. We know that he can put points on the board, move the ball. Uh, and then you go way, way back. Rich McKay is the president. Now, the crazy part about all of that is they're looking for a new head coach and they're looking for a new GM. So – you got guys are going to play hard because everything's got to go on tape. And with a new head coach and a new GM, players don't know where where they're going to be. Yeah, you know th- those are those are you know when people go, oh, if you're not playing for anything, it doesn't matter. It does when a when a 
organization is in flux. Well, by that token, then all three of our remaining games are in that situation. Yeah, that's exactly so right. So I'm hoping that that effect doesn't have too big of an effect, you know? I mean, but you have to think about it if you're a player. It's, it's just like anybody in any business. When you get a new boss, what do you do? You have to rethink about everything because it's a new person and you don't know this person. You usually have more than normal roster turnover after you get a new head coach. Mm-hmm. Don't. And GM, especially yeah. both at the same time. Well, yeah, because the GM definitely, yeah. They Thomas Dimitrov had been there since 2008. I know. That's a pretty good run. Yes. Yeah. He Makes was, you just go back and think about had they won the Super Bowl that year. It's if, been all downhill since then. Yeah. It's it, always been all downhill since about the fourth quarter. And week. every time I look at that, I always think, why didn't you go kick the field goal? <laughs> We're not going to talk about that game, are we? No, I'm just saying, you know, right back to field goals. Damn so, kickers. Well, and, and why weren't they running the ball? That was the big yeah. thing. Well, they, If they just ran the ball every time, they probably would have won that game. Um, how, about our, uh, how about our specialist, man? Which one? The kicker and the punter. Oh. So we know Ryan has made 20 in a row. Mm. I've been mentioning this for weeks, so forget the jinx. Well, he did. Here's Casey, he, Casey Phillips. He, he did miss an extra he point. He missed an extra point, but I'm talking about field goals. Casey right. Phillips um, says she doesn't think it's a jinx. Her, her theory is it's not a jinx unless you say it during the game. You could say it during the week. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll adopt that approach. Anyway, Sucko's made 20 in a row. He hasn't missed since week four. That's awesome. I'm marking this down 3605. Okay. <laughs> he, um, he somehow, and this is a weird thing, he did something that no Buccaneers kicker has probably done for decades. And I wonder if you can guess it. Not any kind of like a bunch of stuff. One specific thing he did that no Bucks kicker has done for since probably the 1990s. Hmm. Something that. You're not going to get it. We want to give up. Something that a kicker. Hmm. Has made all the field goals within 30 yards? No. Um, he his, Remember, we had the Hail Mary in the – in the um, We did. In yeah. the, the that penalty. was a great play. That was awesome. <laughs> you got, have to really do – you have to really mess up to get a – Well, get a my goodness, play. it was a sandwich. Uh, poor Gronk, he got smashed. I don't even think that guy was trying to do it. He just was trying to get there, and he ended up like just – rolling right through Gronk. And I will say I did love the fact that they called timeout, 40 seconds left on, in the, went in the half, called the timeout, made the stop, and then went ahead and said, hey, let's go ahead and see what happens. Well, Bruce said yesterday that what he really he, – he didn't – because they – by the time we got the ball, there was only 21 seconds left. So he thought, okay, we got a shot at maybe blocking the punt. Oh, we got a shot at maybe getting a good good return. He didn't think there was probably enough time to score, especially because we only had one timeout. But Brady hit Cam Bray, called a timeout, and then got the good play to, I think, Antonio Brown and was able to come up and spike it with one second left, which was awesome. And, then the, you know, that gave you an opportunity on the Hail Mary. And then, the, you know, they chose to kick the, the field goal from the one on the untimed down instead of taking one shot at the end zone uh, because he wanted to make sure they got some points out of that. So – you got to let me finish this because I'm getting to the thing that Ryan Suckup did. So, in the officially, that field goal is listed as an 18-yard field goal. I can guarantee you we haven't had an 18-yard field goal since the 90s because it was from the one. And since, like, the late 90s, teams have been snapping the ball eight yards back. So, every – you can figure out the, the length of a field goal every time by adding 18 yards because the end zone's 10 yards. Eight-yard snap, 
10 yards, so that when they kicked from their 28, it was a 46-yard field goal. So a kick from the one should be a 19-yard field goal, and that should theoretically be the shortest possible field goal. But for some reason, either the stats crew got it wrong or or um, for some reason we only snapped the ball seven yards back, which teams never do anymore. Do they put the ball almost to the goal line rather than on the one-yard line? Think, I think pass interference in the end zone, they put the ball right on the one-yard line. Oh. Not okay. at the goal line. It's right on the one. So either well, we, then it has to be a mistake, or or for some reason we only lined up our, our holder seven yards back. But I wouldn't think we would do that. So that was just a weird little thing. I, I if if this was normal times, I would pass um, uh, I would pass um, Keith Armstrong in the hall at one buck and ask him and about just, that. Yeah, he'd that, have he'd have a good answer. I know he would. He always has when I've hmm. had these types of questions. That's that's inquiring. So I don't know what that was uh, all about. That's it's, what, when was the last time the Bucks succeeded on a Hail Mary? I don't even I, I can't recall. I'm trying uh, to I remember one it, it, I mean I remember one in the nineties in Chicago. I think Trent Dilfer threw it. That's the last one wow. I can think of. It was in Chicago. Yeah. Because, you know, what are, the, what are the odds of Hail Mary's working? I think it's great when you go for it, especially. They're exciting. That, they're very exciting, very much so. And that was a great play, and I think it really – and then come out and score right afterwards. So two two quick scores. That was great. I so, liked it. I don't have a whole lot more. I just was pointing out – okay, we didn't get to Bradley Pinion on this. Now, Bradley Pinion was having a fine year mm-hmm. as a punter. Mm-hmm. You know, middle of the pack numbers. Obviously, he gives you that great kickoff touchback. Uh, addition as well and then we go to Carolina remember that game and we're scoring like on every drive and for the first time in like 20 years we had a game in which the punter didn't punt so he got that week off ever since then he's been on fire yeah his 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 numbers in the last three games since that since getting that game off essentially are gross averages of 49.0 52.0 and 50.3 and net averages of 44.2 47.0 and 45.3 just take my word for it those are really good numbers those are great numbers so talk about changing field position yeah i mean he's i mean it's kind of cool all of a sudden we got a great punter Mm -hmm. got good special teams hope he keeps it up down the stretch well that's you know you know when you notice the special teams is when you get to the playoffs because every <laughs> or when they're doing, or when they're doing badly. Yeah, but I'm just saying every point matters and every situation is magnified yeah. and yeah. everybody's watching. <laughs> Everybody. You see that? Um, see, you know what that is over there? Yes, those cars have been there for the last. I've been here. You know what that is? Last four hours. Yes, that's the line for COVID yeah, testing. It's the free COVID testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just an exam. There's a lot of cars over there. It's yeah. an example of how this thing is far from under control. And uh, Bruce Aarons is very happy that his guys came back from the um, break. But I've got some bad news for you, Jeff, that just came through. What's that? I'm not kidding either. Um, and this is breaking news. It's actually – it'll be out by the time people listen to this podcast. Your phone's been b- binging And I don't like to look and at it. I know, but I, but I noticed to. you were, so go um, ahead. This will be out by the time everybody hears this podcast, so it's okay for us to talk about it right now. Are those guys – and I was starting to talk about them before I knew this was going to happen, so this is a coincidence that we were talking about them. There's – all three of our specialists are going on the COVID list. I'm not. I'm not kidding. That must mean one someone tested yeah, and some, then contact yeah, tracing came to get that long pause in there was I'm which we I'm filtering this right now. So probably one of them tested positive and the other two would were it, too would close yeah well, yeah your your contact tracing real quick. Uh, it's a it's a electronic indicator that anytime someone gets close to someone else, it beeps to tell you to get away, but it also registers who you have been in contact with. And so 
if someone is has tested positive, then what happens is they run through the series of where you've been in the building with what team. And then once they know who you were with, then it's a matter of, okay, did you have masks on? How close were How they? close were you? Like, I'll give you a for instance where Scott and I are. We're in our broadcast booth. The windows are open right now. But Scott is on the lower deck, and I'm on the upper deck, and there is plexiglass between us. And we are more than six feet apart as we talk. So if something like that, we would say, well, this would not be close contact for contact tracing. But that is that is so um, so that would be how many days well i mean i think that the if it is if you're right and we're just guessing here right. if you're right that's one guy positive and two contact the positive guy would not be able to make it back in time for the game i don't think right and, but and the other two might be able to in four four or five days so, well that, but so then the question they get is tested every is day it? then he, he, yeah because we ha we have a kicker stashed on the practice squad but we don't have a punter and we don't have a long snapper it's actually happening right now while we're recording mm -hmm. Um, we're putting it out right now, but teams aren't allowed to say. And when, the HIPAA laws, it, too. Yeah, so you're not allowed to say. That's specifically in the language. You can, if, they're, if they're test positive or have close contact mm -hmm. with somebody who tested positive, and you have to put them on the list, but you're not allowed to say which reason you're putting them on there for. Right, and they have been, let's see, they came back in, the players came back in last Tuesday from the bye, so they've been testing for all this time for almost a week, so that's that's in interesting. That and, and when they were gone, they had to they had to test during the bye too. So we'd been doing really well. I know, and and that was one of the things that was BA was really really happy about. We only had one guy the whole year that had, that was on the active roster, who, and that was Jaden Mickens. Mm -hmm. That's the only guy that went on the reserve COVID list. That was on the active roster at the time. That's it, it. Just it, you know. You do all the best you can. And you take all the precautions you can. Crazy. Wow. Oh, I mean, I well, guess I'd rather have this than not have any quarterbacks at all, like Denver had. Well, do. they're they're yeah. But their thing happened on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Ours is probably enough time if we need to get. We have a kicker on the practice squad, Greg Joseph. Okay. So if if, if uh, Ryan Suckup isn't available, he would get elevated probably. And, and take care of that. But we don't have a long snapper or a um, punter. Was it there somebody on the team that was playing, practicing, being a long Well, you always have one guy. Yeah. You, it's like a linebacker or a mm -hmm. tight end. You always, but they're usually not very good, and it's only they're only there yeah. doing it for emergencies. It's, it's a lot harder than everyone thinks yeah, it that's is. It. <laughs> it's all fun and games until you're up. And the guy that we had um, that preceded uh, – well, maybe yeah. Wasn't Andrew DePaula right before him, or was that two two guys ago? He's back in the league. Yeah, he just recently signed with Detroit. Yeah. Or otherwise, he'd probably be the first guy. We'd oh, call. sure, sure. Wow, that just um, well. As as you're listening to this, you'll have more information than we do right now because right. We're, we're, as you as Scott and I are talking, we're talking in real time. This is just breaking. Right so now. And we just need to finish this up. So so we'll we'll probably know by tomorrow or, or the next yeah. day which, if any of them, well. Yeah. yeah, which, if any of them, are actually positive. Well, I mean, that, it is even also within the realm of possibility that they all came in close contact with somebody. Well, and there's that, too. That's, what, that's that, what we would hope. That's what the contact tracing all falls That would all be the best case about. scenario. But to bring somebody in, I believe they have to test for three days. They have to be quarantined. I'm sorry. They need to be quarantined and tested for three days before they can come into the facility. So, obviously, somebody in the team knows. And so they know which positions they have to try to sure. immediately start working on getting somebody in here so that they can have them cleared in time to play. On yeah. Sunday. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, just when you think uh, everything is easy peasy and feeling good, something like that happens. But you know what? Games have to be played, and you made a good point. Denver had to play without a quarterback. So. Yeah, and Baltimore played with, like, out of half their team. Yeah, they had the game up to 11 Including people. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so. Did you see right. that game last night? I did. What? That was one of the most entertaining games I've seen in a long that, time. That was, that was a shootout. I almost didn't want either team to lose. I thought yeah. they both deserved to win. That was that was a shootout. There's no question. Gutsy play on, on both teams' parts. And um, the only thing that I that, you know, you see a game like that, as great as it was on TV, you kind of feel bad for the Browns fans totally. because that that was a game. They played that, great. That was yeah, that was a game that I think if you know Browns fans could have made a difference in what's going on. But it's it's going to be yeah. legend. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. You see what I mean? Just yeah. because of of can you imagine? They were talking about that during the yeah. Broadcast. I mean, can you imagine? You know, the, the last drive game. of the game with a full stadium yelling at you. It's a little harder to communicate. They but. had. Um, so, plus, it's going to be a legendary game because it had the added drama of Lamar Jackson, who mm-hmm. they couldn't stop, well, all of a sudden taking himself out of the game. Yeah, he was playing Kirk Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Runs in for what they say were cramps. Right. He's in for a lot longer than I thought he was going to be in there. I know. <laughs> I'm like, he's not coming back. He's not, and then he didn't come back out for the longest time. And then they take the lead. And, <laughs> and then he comes running out like Willis Reed uh, to the sideline just at the exact moment when the, Trace McSorley, the back of a quarterback, look, gets what looked like a pretty bad knee injury. Mm. Yeah, you can't write that. No. And then he immediately goes out there and rips off a big run. And I saw an article on that. I I can't remember. I don't know where it was, but they wrote it. Each thing was crazy. They listed everything that went wrong. Started out with crazy that this happened. Yeah. Crazy that that happened. Crazy that their field goal kicker kicks a, what, 55-yarder. Yeah, although he is the best kicker. Yeah, he's pretty good. He might be the best kicker of all time. He's pretty good. He missed one. He attacks the ball. Yeah. Okay. a lot of oomph. So, let's go to questions. Hello. Okay, this is our first one. Hello. I don't know if we've had a question from this person before. It's it's a Michael in New Jersey. All right. Might be a lot of Michaels in New Jersey, so continue. <laughs> Hello, salty ones. I don't know if this is kind of a salty email, by the way. Okay. I'm just letting you know. We don't, have, we don't have to agree with everything in here. Hey, listen. Bring it on. Okay. I don't know the official rule about throwback helmets, but I always heard we couldn't have a creamsicle jerseys because of the helmet change, but yet I saw the Chicago Bears wear their throwback helmet this week. Why can't we just take our old logo and put it on our helmet we have now? I think it would look good. All right, let's stop there. All right. First of all, it's the wrong color. It would not look good. No, it would look horrible. That's the problem. That's the thing at Jersey guys. They and have I, a hard time dressing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I, I do understand the confusion here because it yes. does seem confusing. Uh, it is. It's very confusing. That, and it, it, it might look on, on the outside like we are making excuses that we don't really no. want to do a throwback game. But the Glazers have made it very clear that they want to do a throwback game. But they want it all throwback. And they want, they're hoping the NFL changes the rules that are blocking them from doing so right now. They want to do it. Mm-hmm. So it, it must be true, even though it does seem weird when you see some other teams figure out a way. Well, the only way I think. You have to take your normal helmets and put. Well, you would have to order all new helmets, and then players aren't comfortable but, with all new helmets. But why can't you get players two sets of helmets at the beginning of the year that they're comfortable with Well, that, and that are safe? That may be how to do it. I don't think you can, though. I think that's the issue. Oh, okay. I, I find the whole thing confusing, but I know that they do want throwback games, and, so clearly something's blocking it. And to your answer, Michael, on the Chicago Bears, they wear a black helmet. They've always worn a black helmet. Yeah, so, they so just have to you can put a bear on logos. it. You can put a C on it. You can put 
You can just put different. You things. can put whatever you want on it because it is the same. But color. there's a big difference between a white helmet and a pewter helmet. Yeah, yeah. And I do. And not if think you did that, uh, you would be getting. You would be getting. You ready for it? You'd be getting creamed for doing it. <laughs> it wouldn't look good at all. <laughs> all right. You thought that was good. Huh? I did, and so did everyone listening right now, Scott. You'd like to think so. They have a sense of humor. Okay, and so now here he continues on with with still more. Okay. Complaining. Also, right. what really grinds yeah, my no, wait, gears. Wait, 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 wait. It's not complaining. He's expressing his opinion. Well, he's in this part saying it's grinding his gears. All right. People are usually he's, complaining. He's right? complaining. Uh, well, also what really grinds my gears is sale is, I guess he means the sale on the pirate ship when we won the Super Bowl is horribly ugly brown. Why can't they change it and make it nice so people can actually read it and see it and take pride in it? I mean, the other one is the logo and the other one is a brown ugly color. But this one is the Super Bowl one. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. So we're looking. We're at the stadium right yeah. now. We're looking at the ship. Right. The main sail with the Bucks big, the big skull and cross swords logo is red. That would be your logo. Go ahead. And then off, to, off to the right above the um, what they call that crow's nest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is the logo is the the sail he's talking about that's brown, with the red words "2002 World Champions." Yeah. And then the, the which is easy to read from here. Yeah, it's pretty. I don't see why you're saying that's not easy to read. Right. Well, maybe because if he's on TV. It well, is it always furled up like that? It's not, right? I don't. You know what? I'm going to have to it can't look be, at it. Because that top it one yeah, it is Raymond James Stadium, mm-hmm. and there's no way that we'd get away with our with they, putting they, our sponsor's name there and then yeah, folding they, it up so they can't be red. They fold them up so that when you're not here, the wind's blowing okay. and it's raining. And so normally those are destroyed. down. Yes. Okay, so basically what this comes down to is this person thinks that brown is ugly mm-hmm. and that he can't read those. I, I'm i not having any trouble reading it. it no. Is it different on TV? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I could see. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think the, the Raymond James logo wouldn't necessarily look good on red. No. And if you have too much red, then, then it loses its contrast. If you look at the ship, the ship is what? Brown, white, yeah, so red. It's basically in, it's in keeping with the color scheme of the ship. It's the big red sail that's different and that really mm-hmm. stands out, right? Mm-hmm. I and, don't know. It's a, ba- it's a matter of opinion. And, I mean, I'm not going to say you And wrong. I'm going to say, and, and another thing, too, is that, you know, the sun's really, really can beat it down. So maybe the red's a little faded. Faded at this point. Little, where it says the, you know, the champs that he's talking about. Yeah, but, but it's still, I don't find but, it hard to read. No. But I, it's just but, a, but it's a matter of opinion. Yeah, but if he's reading it off, uh, if he's seeing it on TV, you may have that effect of, huh, why is that? Yeah, maybe. And is, yeah, because we don't really ever watch Buccaneer games on TV. Mm-mm. Well, that are here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been watching them on TV sure. on the road this year. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, what it does come down here is he's trying to take pride in our Super Bowl victory. And I like we that. We appreciate that. I like that. Right? I like that. We just need another one. That's what no, we need. Yeah, note taken. That sail at the, what would, the, what would that be, the stern mm-hmm. of the ship doesn't have anything on it. Nor does the one underneath the, mm-hmm. the crow's nest over here. Mm-hmm. So those are quality places where we could put another world champion. Yeah. Well. We need to win another one. Yeah. Fill out those sales. I th- I All right. I Yeah. Cool. I I am not I I'm I'm only assuming that he's talking about seeing it on TV because I'm standing here right now and I can read it and it's folded up and I know what it says. Yeah, so. you already know what it says though. Yeah. But yeah, well, you, it's true. folded up and you can read 20, 2002 World mm-hmm. right now. Most yep. of World. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, thanks Mike. Oh, also he says there's no time change in New Jersey, Scott. Ha ha. 
I guess we must have been talking about time changes earlier. No, probably he's probably talking about when we daylight were, savings. Yeah, no, when we were talking about what time is it in Australia? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the same time there as it yeah. is here. Yeah, he's he's basically that was a rib on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's never going to die apparently. <laughs> okay, um, uh, it's a classic. Okay, here's one from our, our. This isn't a question really, but it's uh, our, it's our buddy from Brazil. Ah, oh. hasn't emailed in a little while, so. I'll go ahead and read it, even though it's not a question, because sure. we apparently, you know, we've talked about when we've had questions from England, mm-hmm. uh, how how they became Bucks fans in particular. Oh, so yeah. he's sharing his story. Okay. Ahoy, salty ones. This is Alexander Nascimento from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Since you were wondering how a foreign Bucks fan became a Bucks fan, I decided to share my history with you guys. Appreciate it. It was January of 1993, and my aunt asked me if I was okay with getting my birthday present in advance that year. My birthday is on October 30th. I politely looked at my parents and did what any normal eight-year-old kid would do and embarrassed them by screaming, yes. <laughs> the present was a trip to the U.S. with my cousins to meet wow. not only Disney's to meet Disney's theme parks, okay, which was all I knew about what to do in Florida. That's fair. Yeah. But also Miami and Tampa. So they went to Disney and then they went to Miami and Tampa. That's a pretty cool trip. Yeah, great Jeez. trip. I'd like to take a trip to Brazil. I'd like to meet have his aunt. Have you been to Brazil? No. I'd like to meet his aunt. <laughs> no, I have not. That is some. That is that, that is a place I do want. That is a country I want to go that to. That's pretty yes. cool. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I haven't been to a lot of countries. France, mm-hmm. England, Japan, Canada, Mexico. Mexico. I think that would be it. Well, okay. Everybody needed to know that. You want me to name mine? No, because it would probably take a while, right? It would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, the, the take a whole lot of trips phase of my life hasn't begun yet. Yeah. All right. The present. Okay. As Mr. Ryan. Oh, Mr. I can't watch a game. I can't watch a game without picking sides, and I decided to root for the American teams that I had a relationship with the city. Oh. I was amazed with the city of Tampa. Roller coasters had a big part in it, so they must have gone to Bush Gardens. Yeah. They have great roller coasters. They do. So I chose the Bucks. P.S. The colors had a part in it, too, once my school colors were red, black, and white. Okay. Since you did, thanks for reading. Dang. See, I, I like that. You don't have to – that's not – you don't have to have a question. I like that story. How did they become a fan? And right. That's, that's – Yeah, if you I want mean, to tell – if you I, want to write in and tell us. Let's see. He, he was eight years old in 93. You do the math. You're the – so he's how old that's now? That's 27 years ago. Okay, so he's 35. Yeah. So he's 30. So at 35 years old, he still has this great fond memory of how he became a Buck fan. I'm and sure he has fond memories of that trip. Yeah, but I'm just that's that's yeah. great. I like. Well, it. being a Bucks fan helps him keep those memories sure. of all those sure. of that great trip. Yeah, excellent. What a great aunt. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. All right. Last question. Okay. Guys, this is the one I I I, I decided to wait. On Uh-oh. because it's going to be something we can talk about. What's with all the deep throws on third downs? <laughs> <laughs> this gets back into the identity thing. <laughs> I know we hit that one to Scotty. Good to see him back in the mix, by mm-hmm. the way. But if yeah. we, if it had missed, that would have been another pro- – yeah, if. Yeah. That would have been another promising yeah. drive that died at midfield because we couldn't convert a third down. Mm-hmm. I think there was another one like that to Gronk. Doesn't it make more sense to try an easier play on third down and then go for the kill shot? Interested to hear your thoughts on that. Go Bucks, Jerry, a displaced Bucks fan in Arizona. So, listen, this is what it comes down to. This is what it comes down to. This is it. Period. Okay. I'm let's ready. take let's take the let's take the Scotty Miller touchdown. All right. Tom Brady's first read on that was a short throw. I can't and, remember what he said. It was crossing route or something. And it wasn't there. He looks there. It's covered. If I throw it there, it's not going to be complete. Could be picked off. 
His second read on that play is intermediate. And a lot of Bruce's plays have short, intermediate, and long options, right? Mm, yes, they do. The intermediate route, was which he wanted there. next, was, was covered, not available. But because the single high safety had creeped, crept downward, as Scotty put it, to help out with that an intermediate route, Scotty Miller ended up running a post one-on-one with the corner with no safety help. So once he beat that corner, which he did pretty easily, he's the option now. He's the guy that's open. And, yeah, it's a lower percentage throw, but it, it's better than throwing it to a guy that's not going to become but open. B.A., Bruce Arians, said on his radio show that Scotty Miller was the fifth option. Fifth option. The fifth option on that. Now, if you watched that game, you would have thought that's what the – that's that was what was called. Go to Scotty Miller in the end zone, right. but that wasn't. It was the fifth option. fifth option. So a lot of times, you what happens when you watch a game, and that's all of us. We're looking at oh, why didn't you do that? Where you can only take what they give you because if you try to force, then you get in. Because if you watch a game, if you're watching a football game, unless you're taking the tape and rewinding it and looking at every play over and over, when you're watching a game, your eyes are on the quarterback. Until he throws the ball. And then you follow the ball. And you follow the ball. So you're not seeing where all the routes are going, and you really can't tell, unless you're really good at it, what his reads are, what his first reads are. Mm -hmm. You really don't know. Yeah, that's... But it makes sense, obviously, if you have a play with varying levels that and it's third and four, the first thing you're going to want to do is look for what you hope is the easiest throw underneath. And, they, for instance, they tried that on a Scotty Miller play uh, on a third down that we didn't get where um, he ran, a, he was in the slot, and he ran a very short and quick route out into the flat. And right off the bat, we thought that was going to be open because their defenders had dropped back a little bit. But mm-hmm. then they dropped back before the snap, but then they came forward really quickly. And so that play ended up being well covered when before the snap, we thought it wasn't going to be well covered. And that's exactly what we went for. Went for like the five-yard pass on third and four. Yes, everyone, it makes sense to most of the time throw a higher percentage pass on third down. Mm-hmm. But just keep in mind that there are there are five eligible players. Sometimes one stays in the block, but he could still catch a pass. There are five eligible pass catchers out there, and oh, you hope all of them are open, but they're probably not all going to be open. And no. if the one you want first is not even remotely open, you, there's no point in throwing the ball there. And I will say that there, are, there have been opportunities that to hit those deep balls that, that didn't Missed. happen. And it wasn't because the guys weren't open. Yeah. It just, it just. Well, the there's so play. many very, yeah. Well, exactly. As you said, Gronks. as you said earlier, and and you were saying what Tom Brady himself said, he didn't, he didn't start particularly fast in that game, and he missed a couple open guys, and that was one of them. That play, when you saw him release that ball, and you saw where Gronk was headed, you didn't go, "Oh, I can't believe they threw deep on third uh-uh. four. You're like, "Oh, that's exciting." That, but he just missed. Yeah. When you saw that, when when you saw the play developing, because it happened right here, about right yeah. where the thirty is, it where was like Gronk a corner went, out, and coming through, and and right there, I'm thinking that's a touchdown. The ball hasn't even gotten there yet, but I could see the Scotty if, one. No, no, the Gronk one. Gronk one, because if once if, if he catches it, there he there is he nobody the there is nobody down here. There's nobody on this side. Here, you know, yeah. so crazy, huh? right? If he hits that, it's a big play right. and maybe but, even a touchdown. Correct. So. It, and then he missed one. He missed one over the the middle here, the one that was between two guys. Yeah, but it was this like one, yeah, over Godwin and under Scott. But but the 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 thing is, 
a lot of times our third downs were usually long. They're not. But the last few games, we've missed some short ones. And, and Coach knows. So, yeah, listen to this. What's the, what's the big – everybody asks going into and out of the bye, what's the biggest thing you guys got to figure out? What do you got to fix? Fast starts. We're not mm-hmm. getting fast starts. Why aren't you getting fast starts? Well, on offense, it's because we aren't making most of our manageable third downs as we should. We're, we're missing mm-hmm. too many manageable third downs, and that was the problem – a problem against Kansas City, and it was a problem early in this game. So do, do, do you as a football fan think that – that a head coach in the NFL would go, man, we're not making our manageable third downs. we got a week to think about it. And then come out of that break thinking, okay, we just got to throw deep on every third down. Yeah. That doesn't – no, no. That clearly doesn't make but sense. But you know what I love about sports or is just it, no matter what you're doing, you can always – it's never perfect. There's always something that you can go, why? You know, if it – a perfect example is the people in New England right now. They – They've gone to so many Super Bowls and won Super Bowls and everything, and this year they're not going to the playoffs, <laughs> right? They're not even going to have a winning record. No, and so that you talk about jumping ship, no pun intended, but that's what sports is, and you know. And then when you do win a lot, then it's how you win. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> that's side the of the best. court. Yeah, that's so, the best when you win, and they don't like how you won. Yeah, 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 and that's why I always like Bruce Arians. I'm not going to apologize for any win, and I'm with you. So. Well, all I would say is Hang I'm not there. here trying to tell anybody that no. every coach makes every perfect call. No. I would imagine after most games, the, the, the play caller on both sides of the ball will, will be going back through it. He's critiquing what his players did, but he's also probably once or twice going, man, I wish I'd have done something different mm, there. Boy, sure. I, take, I didn't want of that Of course bad. that happens. Sure. I, I listen to the podcast and I go, gosh, I wish we would have. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are, um, but they are very good. Just about every coach in this league is very good at his job. Right. So most of the time they're making calls that are fine. It comes down to execution. And that the fact that there's another team on this field. So the fact that on the Scotty Miller touchdown, that the Vikings defense did a really good job of covering his first four reads. Give him credit. Good job, Vikings. They did a great job of covering his four, first four reads. Fortunately, our offensive line, which had a great game, had an awesome stretch on that play and Tom had tons of time eventually slid forward a little bit had all the space open in front of him and time to throw right and step into his throw so that's how he got to get to his fifth progression so just understand sometimes it's execution sometimes it's tip your hat to the other team yeah sometimes they, they go oh, yeah I, I wouldn't have liked to make I, I shouldn't have called that play and sometimes coaches will actually say that mm-hmm. and they'll say yeah if I could do that one over I probably wouldn't do or that or a lot of times they look at it and go that was the right play yeah. we didn't execute it we but had we had we had it for the take we have to we have to not fall into this trap of everything that doesn't work was a bad call no no it's 100% not the and, case and and the thing is a lot of times too it's a setup if it doesn't work this time and they see that they had it they will go back to it and yeah. try it again yeah sure so there's that. All right. Well, that's all we got. Wow. What a crazy. I just can't wait. What for a crazy. Podcast. Probably by the time people are listening to this, we'll know more on the the specialists in the COVID situation. But this, well, this could be a serious issue for the Buccaneers. Most definitely. And, it, and as you listen to this and you want more up-to-date information, go to Buccaneers.com because Scott's all over this. When he, when yeah. As soon as we're allowed to put out any information, yeah. we will. It'll well, once you get information, too, we have 
bits and pieces. And that's the other thing too is well, it's medical. Out. Yeah, but it's medical, so not always you're not going to always know. Yeah, and that's and it's also in addition there's a specific rule regarding this that the teams are not allowed to announce which reason they went on for. Now, generally it comes out because the players will say mm. or something. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it came out with the Broncos quarterback situation. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head right now. Well, it was his mother. No, no, no. Look. Yeah, but I don't know if He's the one who – one was positive and the rest were proximity. Yeah. And it came out. I don't remember at this moment which guy it was. It might have been Bortles. Yeah. Well, what happened is they were in the, they were in the room and they were looking at film and they didn't have masks on in the room and they were close. I know. And so, My point, though, is yeah. that one of them had it and the rest were out because of proximity. Yeah. And uh, it came out which one it was. So we'll know even That's if there's a rule mm-hmm. that – I mean, like players have, have said – you know, yeah. players have been gone, and then they've done interviews, and they come back, and it's going to get out which one it is. Sure. And so, and plus, we'll also know based on what the Buccaneers do with roster moves. Yeah, and I will say this: it, that you can be as safe as you can. It's it, you know, it, it you just don't know. Yeah. That's why we have our masks and we have sanitizer. Yeah, well, that's why the Broncos. Yeah. And the Raiders got spanked by the league for their they issues weren't doing it because right. they were found to have done things but other teams like i don't think that the ravens have suffered any mm. um consequences from they the league haven't. because it's not determined well they did have the one strength coach apparently yeah. who messed up um i don't know what i'm saying is around the league there have been COVID issues but most in this of the time, predi- yeah in this in this I, as much as ba preaches about staying safe and also the, the organization itself of what they've done um so it is disappointing. It's disappointing because it, sure. it probably was not somebody doing anything wrong. No. And bad luck. and that is and 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 that is <laughs> I have I had to describe this. I was like a dog in a leash Scott, there. It's a salty Scott's, dog. Scott's closing the windows. He's closing the windows. He's got headsets on and the cord was not that long. I forgot that I was attached. I was jerking. <laughs> I forgot I was attached. I was like a dog on a leash. That was good. Running after the All squirrel. Right. Well, you're ready to go. You're closing the windows. Yeah, is that a know. sign? It's a sign. All right, you done? Mhm. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.